This week on Ultra 64, we shred the gnar and stomp that pickle revert, because we're playing three snowboarding games. Woo! Gnarly! Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog, and we are playing it and we are catching massive air. We are hearing the word stiffy way too many times. Stiffy! <laughs> My name is Steve Dudley. I am long-haired rapscallion renegade Woody Siskowski, <laughs> which may or may not be related to snowboarding, but I should not. really get a haircut. Uh, well, you do, yeah. It's out of control. <laughs> it's it's, out out of it's control. clearly out of control. Uh, this this week we are hitting the slopes. We are playing three snowboarding games. We have uh, from Nintendo 1080 snowboarding. We have from Midway Twisted Edge Extreme snowboarding, and we have from others Big Mountain <laughs> Mysterious unnamed Mysterious company. other. No, it's from South Peak. But you know who's who's going to know something? It, it was just dropped into your N64 console one day. It just magically appeared. Big Mountain 2000. What is this? And then I played it, and I got transferred to the magical world of Jumanji, uh, where I was, was rock. Very confusing. It was very being confusing. A, the game was not called Jumanji. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little confusing. A little confusing. Yeah, I think they swapped the circuit boards in there or something. But anyway, we're talking snowboarding. And, uh, man, nothing says late 90s more than snowboarding. Yeah. I, I think we were hitting the uh, peak cultural saturation of snowboarding around the I mean, time. Anything boarding. Yeah, anything would, boarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the N64 kind of was around during the peak of the sport. Uh, Nin- was- 1997 to like 2002 were like the most extreme years, right? Oh, very much. They were very extreme. Like I mean, if they had like a geological timeline, it would be like the Paleozoic era and then like the extreme era. Of, right. There was five years. I like the way the Paleozoic... Hundreds, hundreds of millions of people were flavor blasted. Yeah, right? it's, exactly. it's difficult to think about. Uh, it's, I, I get choked up. <laughs> I'm going to pour out a surge for all of them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, snowboarding, uh, it's been around, it's relatively new as a sport. It's been around since the 60s. We kind of touched on this a little bit with our Snowboard Kids episode, but that's really more of a kart race. Yeah, Snowboard Kids is a trick. And uh, uh, Nagano Winter Olympics had snowboarding, but like, that was kind of a mini game. Like a <laughs> it was kind of a broken game, if I remember. Broken ass mini game, yeah. yeah. So these are the first like straight snowboarding sims that we're going to play on the system. And I mean, the fact that there are three of them might make you think this is a more prolific genre than it is it's really kind of not like looking at the number of snowboarding games there have been it's it's less than you might think uh, especially if you grew up around the same time that we grew up but this time much in the same way like there was a huge amount of wrestling games around this time and then Mm -hmm. they've sort of slowed down um, this was also a, hu- a time for just a huge amount of snowboarding games. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so there, there was... was an explosion. Yeah, exactly. A snow... An explosion. Yeah, a powder... Uh, uh, avalanche. The avalanche. Yeah, yeah, there we go. go. There was an avalanche. There, that's it. Uh, um, yeah, so there's like... I mean... There's at least five. I mean, if you count Snowboard Kids, there's at least five for the uh, N64, and there was a whole bunch for the PlayStation as well. Right, yeah. They were kind of all over around this time. 
Let's go into a little bit of a history of snowboarding. I don't have much about the history yeah. of snowboarding, but I think it's there's some fun stuff in here. Like, the sport was invented in Michigan in the 1960s. There was a father named Sherman Poppin, and he uh, he belted a couple of skis together to make a toy for his daughters. And originally, uh, the sport was called snurfing. Snows, <laughs> like snow, snow surfing. surfing. Yeah, I like that. So they would hold snurfing competitions and everything like that. I think somewhere in the 70s, uh, uh, somebody like kind of a transplant from the skateboard culture of California kind of uh, changed the name and rebranded it a little bit to something. I, I would love to see, like, you know, Winter Olympic snurfing. <laughs> Bringing home the gold medal in snurfing. Yeah. It sounds like something, like, my dog does when he's, like, trying to get his zoomies out and is, like, rolling around and thrashing. Or, like, a real uh, knockoff, low-budget character in an 80s cartoon. Oh, yeah. Snurf. <laughs> and then he's like, snurf, snurf, snurf needs snurf. to eat when I go snurfing. Buy your snurf today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a ridiculous name. I'm glad they rebranded that. Um, but it started gaining popularity uh, throughout the country. The first official U.S. team racing championship was held in 1982, so not even that long ago. And uh, the first halfpipe competition took place the following year. But the sport was definitely hitting its peak in the 90s. It was kind of saturating pop culture in an interesting way, and uh, it was led into the Olympics, the Winter Olympics in 1998, right around the time all three of these games were originally <laughs> yes. released. Uh, so it, this was absolute peak snowboarding uh, the time that we're getting into this right now. Um, not many, I was trying to think of like snowboarding movies like from around this era. The only right, one I could come up right. with was Extreme Ops, which I might be the only person in the world that knows the movie Extreme Ops. Is that Ops. about like a gang of spies that like travel on snowboards to infiltrate oh, right. science bases? Yeah, it's amazing you were able to get that just from Extreme Ops. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, it has you have no idea. Yeah, no, it's a very very bad snowboarding action movie that came out in like 2001 or something like that, but uh, I mean, most of most of these snowboarding movies are just like footage of people like being dropped off in helicopters, like do you know snowboarding these amazing landscapes? Oh God! Catching, but like, I'm just thinking of the original or the first uh, Fantastic Four movie from 2004. Okay, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay, <laughs> I imagine it's long, less than fantastic. There, it's very much less fantastic. But this scene in particular is they. This is where uh, Chris Evans discovers his flame powers. Okay, he and a hot nurse jump out of a helicopter are. Totally shredding down the mountain, and then he catches on fire, lands in a snowbank, and turns it into a hot tub, which <laughs> convinces the girl to take off her snowsuit and join him. Wow. It's a bad, bad movie, and I hate it. <laughs> Thank goodness they finally got the Fantastic Four right oh, with, the, with the 2016 <laughs> one or 17. I don't know. Nailed it. Yeah. They nailed it. Yep. Um, all right. So I wanted to test you a little bit right. on uh, uh, your knowledge of. Well, first of all, let me ask you this: uh, What's your experience snowboarding in real life? Have um, you done much? Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up in Washington State, so there's mountains somewhat close by. Um, my dad is a very um, skiing's been a big part of his life, so I've, I've been dragged along a few times, and I decided I would go snowboarding instead of skiing because skiing was so square. Nerds, nerds. Yeah, it's funny that like skiing, two sticks, nerds. Yeah. snowboarding, one stick, cool. Um, <laughs> it's like apply it's, to everything. Like, yeah, the guy it's, with uh, one hand is the coolest guy in school. It's my uh, extreme sports version of Animal Farm. Two, <laughs> two sticks, bad, one stick, cool. Um, anyway, um, so I've probably. The way I describe it is I go went snowboarding infrequently enough that every time I went, I had to relearn it. Mm. So I would spend the first three hours kind of sliding down on my butt. And mm. by the time I got to, like, the fourth and fifth hour, I'm like, okay, like, I'm getting the hang of this. And then it was time to go. Yeah. And then I would go back again two years later. Um, so it's not – I'm not really, like, a 
want to go fast type of person. Sure. I'm more of like I'll go fast. I'll go fast digitally, yeah, virtually. Absolutely. But, uh, I'm more of a sit sit on the couch and go slow type of guy. That's a that's a good way to be because yeah, uh, yeah I, I I've never been a snowboarder, but I grew up in Colorado, so I've skied quite a bit. Uh, the only time I've ever broken a bone was on a ski trip. I broke oh, okay. my collarbone yeah. because, like I said, I tend to be a uh, go slow on the couch type of person. <laughs> and um, I, I, the one day I got really cocky and I started carving through some trees and then I fell oh. and hit my head and broke my collarbone. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, but I haven't been skiing in several years now. And uh, uh, Nicole's a snowboarder. Uh, she hasn't really done it in a while either. So but you don't really miss it. I don't really You're, miss it. No. Yeah, we're about two hours away from a pretty good skiing destination here. but Yeah, I I just never really work up the motivation to go do it. Maybe, it's a, it's maybe. an expensive hobby. It's sort it of is. right up there with golf in terms of uh, recurring costs just to sort of use the space. I'm also very paranoid about driving on icy roads mm-hmm. now. So, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't. It's hard for me to motivate myself to go. But either way, I wanted to test your knowledge as a snowboarding pro, oh, yes. master, as you just said, exactly. every weekend. Yep, we'll play I back the to, tape. I wanted to test you on how well you know your 90s snowboard lingo. Oh, uh, I'm so, sure I'm going to get 100% on this. I think you're going to nail it. Yeah. All right, tell me what a grommet is. A grommet is a, it's like a nut that they use to hold together um, two, like, so if you have two levers and they're about to come apart, you have to spin a grommet to tighten it. That is correct. Okay, because, wonderful. Uh, it, it is it is a, a young snowboarder, usually a child. So uh, you have to spin your child uh, into a, a exactly. Slot that's what like, I said. Yeah. That's I thought it was a a dog that did all the work for its claymation owner. <laughs> I think that's where it comes from. Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah, the kids are doing so. A, a young snowboarder is a grommet. A huh? grommet. Yeah, okay, that's what you call a grommet. Uh, do you know what it means to stomp? Uh, yeah, that's when you're going down the mountain very fast and totally kicking ass. People are like, man, you totally stomped that hill. Uh, close. It's it's when you successfully land a trick. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Pretty close. It's doing something successfully. Yeah, I suppose it's like you stomped it, yeah. Uh, do you know what it uh, means when there's chatter? No, oh, of course. Um, that's when you are high up in your helicopter and you're trying to communicate via the ham radio, but all the other guys are talking about all the hot parties they were at last <laughs> night. And so you're like, hey, guys, can the chatter. I'm trying to drop off this human torch and his hot nurse friend. You nailed it. That's exactly right, except it's also when your board shakes over rough terrain, like oh, if yeah. you run low on snow, yeah. That was about to get to that. You were yeah. no, no, I told you. Yeah. It was a natural progression from that sentence, I believe you. What's a yard sale? Oh, a yard sale, yeah, no problem. A yeah. yard sale is what you go to when you've broken all of your bones and you um, so therefore are no longer able to snowboard, and thus you have to sell your remaining organs to future grommets. <laughs> At a yard sale, wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah, they're pretty hardcore. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like I like yours better. This is when you uh, wipe out and you lose your equipment. Okay. So like if your board flies off your foot or something like that when you wipe out. Which is, you know, that that's pretty rough. That's a pretty brutal wipeout if you lose your snowboard because oh, those things yeah. are on there pretty tight. It's That's harder to do. Skis come off like if you sneeze at them. Yeah. But like, yeah. Uh, would you know what POW is? Yeah, of course yeah, we do. We all do. Yeah. Um, so POW is the drink that you get after a successful day on the slopes. A nice, cool, a nice warm glass of POW. <laughs> I was, th- I was sure you were going to go with a Mario block. Oh with, yeah, but uh, no, POW is short for powder, freshly fallen snow. Ah, time to carve the POW, bro. 
Uh, what's a booter? A booter. Yeah. Um, a booter is somebody who um, sort of is like a freeloader. Like he hangs on. You're like, hey, we're going to go snowboarding. He's like, hey, can I come? Can I borrow your equipment and use your ski pass? That's a booter. <laughs> I like. See, I like all of your definitions better. A booter is just a jump. Oh, okay. yeah. That's when you. Oh, he he totally took a, a gnar booter. That's see the point to me of like having slang is that you shorten it. Right. So like, louder. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. much easier to just say good jump as opposed to sick booter. All right, last one. Uh, what do you call it? Or what what is it? Uh, what does it mean to be jibby? Oh, we we don't use that expression anymore. That's <laughs> that went out with the millennium. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That is that is offensive to my people. <laughs> It is a. Uh, it can be used as a noun or an adjective. It's meant to describe a run with lots of opportunities for tricks. Okay. So you say like, "Oh, that runs a little jibby." Oh, one moment we might be getting trick or treaters. Ooh, it's how Halloween. exciting! And we're back. Sorry about that, y'all. We are recording on thanks or not Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving night. night. We're recording in the future. People are coming by asking for, with bags open for stuffing. Yeah, please fill it with cranberries, sir. No, it's Halloween right now when we're recording, and so uh, we got witches and goblins coming to the door. It's pretty yeah. rad. All our all our Halloween parties happened last week. Because what do you do with Halloween on a Thursday? Yeah, yeah Halloween it's, Thursday, it's weird nothing. Position. That's not it's a, a that's, snowboarding holiday. Yeah, it's not an early weekend or anything. All right, let's talk a little bit about snowboarding video games. Um, uh, so, yeah, like I said, having three of them on here might make you think it's more popular than it is. But uh, most of the snowboarding games we know of came out within the same, like, five to ten yeah. year window. Uh, the earliest snowboarding game I could find was Heavy Shredden, which came out for the NES in 1990. And I was actually going to say that I'd never heard of this game until I looked at YouTube footage. And I'm like, oh, I've totally played this. Yeah. It's one of those games. It's, like, uh, totally fine, kind of like a uh, skate or die with snowboards. Okay. Uh, which is fine. Um, pretty rudimentary, but uh, not terrible. It's sort of hard to crack the code of how to make, like, a really great snowboarding game. Like, mm-hmm. mostly, like, the core concepts of snowboarding are, like, go go down the mountain and go fast. And most games do an okay job of that. Yeah. But how do you make that, like... Bring it to the sort of the next level. Push it over the top. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I think we'll we, get we'll get to that in a minute. We needed but, the 3D, I think, for that. Yeah. But um, so the uh, the Super NES era had games like Tommy Moe's Winter Extreme Skiing and Snowboarding, terrible title, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Winter Gold. Uh, but the genre didn't really get popular until the release of Cool Borders on PlayStation in 1996. So that game kind of laid a lot of the framework for. 3D snowboarding games as we know them. And yeah. it was it was popular enough. There were four sequels to Cool Borders. Like, it was pretty huge for a little bit. Um, things essentially exploded from there. Within five years, we would get the three games we're played today, <laughs> Steep Slope Sliders on the Saturn, uh, Dark Summit, Trick and Snowboarding, MTV Snowboarding, Rip and Rider Snowboarding, Snowboard Kids, Amped, and what many consider the best of the genre, SSX, uh, which came out for the PS2 and a couple of sequels for that as well. Uh, the genre has dried up a bit after that. We got uh, Sean White snowboarding. It melted. It melted. It melted. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, I missed that obvious opportunity. Uh, yes, yeah, so Sean White snowboarding came out a couple years ago. I don't know anybody who's played that one. And then uh, they had a weird one that I think came out very recently. Yeah, like we were talking about. It's called Steep. Yeah. And I think it's like an open world type of game where you sort of basically like it's like a it's like a mountain simulator it's not Kinda. necessarily a snowboarding game it's like you can go to all these different parts of the mountain and either like wingsuit or um snowboard around but it's kind of more it's less like 
competitive events oriented. Which, I mean, but, sounds great. Yeah, I don't think it, it was much fun. of a success, though. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was more of a download only or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I haven't heard much from it. Uh, I mean, we've definitely not had a resurgence. You know, we, I think Microsoft kept their Amped series going for a little while. There's, I think there's three uh, Amped games. The second yeah. one... Or the third one has just ridiculous cutscenes. Oh. I would happily recommend the third Amped game because it's just very, very silly and okay. fun. Um, and um, in that same vein, the third SSX game is one of the all-time just great games of any genre. Mm. Um, that was sort of the time when EA Sports Big was just on this huge tear of just making awesome games. And so SSX 3 is super fun. I think and, I only played Tricky, but I played okay. the hell out Tricky of it. Tricky was, it was really, good, really good, but it, yeah. yeah, SSX 3 was even better. Um, and then the newer SSX, um, where you went to the Deadly Descents, was really fun, too. Oh, yeah. And I feel like SSX, when I was talking about earlier, of like, how do you sort of push these games over the top, SSX was able to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason why, and the thing that makes snowboarding games work is finding an interplay between tricks and racing. Right. And that's something that we're going to talk about more a little bit today. But, like, part of what makes snowboarding, like, a different kind of sport is that, you know, there's A, going down the mountain fast, and B, you know, doing tricks. And Mm. so how do you incentivize doing tricks to help you go faster? Because when, like, in 1080, for example... When you jump up in the air, it just kind of slows you down. Right. And so if you're playing a racing mode, there's no reason to do that. In the SSX games, when you land tricks, you get this boost, which then sort of allows you to go faster. And if you hit enough tricks in a row, you get, like, infinite boost. And so you're really incentivized to be doing tricks constantly as you're going down the mountain. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the better way to do it. Like, you want a little bit of a tinge of arcade goofiness to it, I think, to really make it work. Yeah. Um, which all three of the games we played today are pretty much straightforward, like snowboarding simulators. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think the second. I think the second one is pretty generous. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, generous, I, I mean, like, I guess compared to SSX or Snowboard all, Kids, I think they're all trying for a sense of realism. Yeah, okay. more than anything else. Let's jump into our first one. Our first one is the uh, the big one. Uh, 1080 Snowboarding, released March 31st, 1998, published and developed by Nintendo, and it was an N64 exclusive. Now I have a question for you, Steve. Yes. Will this game still make sense to me if I haven't played oh, uh, 1 through 1079 Snowboarding? <laughs> I heard the math happening. Yeah, like, I heard yeah, the, the gears cranking there. Like, all right, blowing my I was even thinking of that before you started, and I still had to rethink it. <laughs> uh, the answer is no. Oh, you will okay. not get it. You, you need will. to play every one of the thousand games. It's, it's the longest-running snowboard franchise in <laughs> game history. They release one hourly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so 1080 was programmed and developed by English programmers Giles Goddard and Colin Reed. I don't think I need to tell you they're English. Those are the most British <laughs> names ever. Uh, these two were actually the same developers behind one of N64's biggest early successes, Wave Race 64, which we have not played yet, yeah. and I have not played, period. And this game has a very similar feel to Wave Race. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, from what I understand. Yeah, I mean, Race. it's clearly yeah. like, it's clearly like, we're going to try and simulate something, but we're still going to try and put a little bit of color and character into it. Right. Uh, which I think, I think 1080 succeeds. First of all, I think the first thing that really pops out is this game looks fantastic. Like, mm-hmm. 
character models are very beefy and uh, uh, smooth poly- like smooth polygons, everything like that. You were noticing this time, and I'd never noticed this before, but the clothes billow. Yeah. Like, when you're going down the track, the clothes that you're wearing are, like, moving with the wind. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty advanced effect yeah. for the N64. And it, it looks good. It doesn't slow the frame rate down or anything. Some of the levels have act- falling snow, which all looks like individual, like, pieces of falling snow. It doesn't just... Like, a lot of the other games kind of just look like a sheet of white. Yeah. Like, this actually looks like it's individually animated. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it is, it is a very nice-looking game. Like, the... I- there's not much detail on sort of the horizon of the mountains or anything like that, but you don't really need that. But there's there's not any draw distance or anything either. Like, you do have a kind of a staid, like, matte background, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, it never goes away, and you never have to deal with the fog unless it's like a snowy, foggy level. Right. Um, it... I, I think the the downside of having all that graphical fidelity is that the game itself has to be fairly simple. Uh, not a whole lot of modes or. or uh, well, did we? I feel like we skipped over some of more of the well, technical. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. So who? who who released it? Or so, like- yeah, yeah. This is uh, uh, Nintendo developed and released it. And um, this is one of the few N64 games of the era to have, like, heavy product placement. Okay. Which is an always interesting thing. So all the clothes in here are designed by Tommy Hilfiger, and all the snowboards are by Lamar. So... I don't really know what to make of that. I just remember thinking, like, ooh, Tommy Hilfiger, that's, like, the coolest threads in the 90s, bro. It's weird. Um, this just sort of reminded me, it's... Um yeah, this is a game that's developed by Nintendo, and I feel like that's kind of a rarity, is to have a Nintendo game that's not part of one of their just big franchises. Because Nintendo's got so many like iconic, recognizable franchises that it seems like they won't have much time to develop much other stuff, or right. much incentive to, because you know, they just keep pumping out a you know, a rotation of, like, Mario game, Kirby game, Yoshi game, and then, like, eventually you just make the rounds again. Um, yeah, so they don't ex- do many, like, sports simulators at all anymore. Like, that used to be something. No, Nintendo and there was did. a lot. Like, on the N64, there was um, this game, you mm-hmm. know, the Snow Wave Race. Excite Bike. Um, yeah, Excite Bike. I think they did the Kobe Bryant games. Yeah, they did. And uh, the Ken Griffey games. Mm-hmm. So they were clearly, like, at the, around this time, trying to branch out and be like, what if Nintendo made sports games? And, and I mean, they started games, with that, like the original NES, like the football, golf, things yeah. like that. They're like distinctive Nintendo. That's like, true. There was a yeah. tennis game for Game Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now they just don't do much without sort of having that recognizable branding, you know? Yeah, any Nintendo sports game has like Mario in it pretty much. Um, yeah, and like you think in this game they'd put like Mario as a secret character or something. Oh, yeah. I remember there was an SSX game for GameCube, and they're like, we got to put in Mario as a secret character. Right, like, yeah, that's right. Fit. He doesn't fit in that game. They like but, to do that. They crammed him into a Dance Dance Revolution game on the uh, um, uh, N64, or the GameCube, GameCube as yeah. well. Uh, yeah, but 1080 was a uh, pretty big hit. It sold a little over 2 million units and is the 23rd best-selling game on the system. That's just below Star Wars Rogue Squadron. And for a while, it was the best-selling snowboarding game, period, uh, okay. until SSX came along and dethroned that. But um, this is definitely definitely a game that was on heavy rotation for me in, in my house. Uh, me and my sister loved this game and uh, played it a lot, uh, which kind of helped me forget how hard this game is. Yeah, that was it's sort of... Vi- it's got a very steep... Steep uh, learning curve. Huh. The steep, steep is good. Steep is otherwise, good. otherwise, you just go really slow. If it's not steep. Oh yeah, I guess that's snowboarded up. It, it's a very flat, dry learning curve. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's one thing that sort of I've never played this game before, and this is kind of a thing that we've encountered in a lot of the racing games we've played. Um, 
is you'll start the one-player mode and they set, sort of set you off in a race and you the other person beats you and it's like restart and you're like, well, I want to keep making progress in this game. Mm. Yeah, this game does not do a good job of kind of easing you into it. There's yeah. a little... There's a little practice mode, but there's no sort of, like, guided tutorial or something. Well, uh, I mean, the practice mode, I think, is... Or the, the training mode, I think it counts for that. Okay. At least it's... At least it's helping you master the tricks and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it takes a little bit of trial and error to kind of figure out, you know, you have to crouch down to let your guy go a little I faster. I guess my, the, my general problem, and I think that this is sort of the idea of sort of snowboarding games are kind of figuring out how they worked at this point, is much like the way some of the wrestling games that we played, um, all of the sort of core aspects of the game change between games. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, accepted pattern of, like, Here's how you go fast in a snowboarding game. Because like some, when you hold, when you crouch, you go faster. Right. In other ones, when you crouch, it slows you down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And, it's not and exactly, some, they didn't agree on the physics. Yeah, like you turn sharper by sort of putting the stick at an angle, and then in Big Mountain, you have to hold A to turn sharper. Right. Um, and it's just, you know, I've just been used to playing SSX a lot that I've gotten accustomed to that. So it's hard to sort of, I don't know. I just wish they'd done a tiny bit more of explaining that because this game this game it's not like a super simulation but it definitely works harder makes it harder on you than like snowboard kids to try and figure out how to do it yeah and i mean like they they have characters like all of these games have characters but they're all kind of the same three or four archetypes it's like cool japanese guy cool american guy cool british guy cool canadian guy (laughs) token girl from some other country, and that's it. Like, yeah. that's kind of all the characters you get, and that's kind of what you get here. Uh, I feel like the characters in 1080 do feel like they have a little bit more distinction and a little more personality than right. the others. Uh, I think the stats are, the way that the stats are balanced feel a little different. Like, you know, Ayami is uh, good at jumping. Like, she's mm-hmm. really good at tricks and stuff like that, while Dion Blaster is, like, a much faster character. So, you can really feel a difference in that more so than you can in the other two games. Um, but, yeah, I, I it took me a minute to get back into it. Uh, I didn't realize... Well, maybe I realized, but it's been years since I played it. I don't remember. Like, your character tires out if you're holding that jump button for too long so you know you're supposed to hold the jump button to crouch down and get a little speed boost but they tire out and they very subtly kind of shift back up or they'll sigh or something and make a little movement and then you know that they're done crouching but like it's that can mess you up because you can only jump from a crouch position so if you see a jump coming up you're like okay i'm gonna crouch and then they sort of get up before you get there and you try to jump your character didn't jump and you're like uh what the hell happened yeah and yeah, I mean, this is a game that definitely sort of rewards patience and figuring it out. Yeah. Um, and even just, like, the core aspect of... Um, I feel like part of the most successful extreme sports games have made, like, landing very easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the Tony Hawk game, basically, as long as you're not doing a trick, mm-hmm. you're usually, like... And you land pretty straight, you usually will land it fine. In this, you sort of... It can be pretty unforgiving for you to land a trick. And it's yeah. very demoralizing sometimes, because you're like, I was straight, I didn't wasn't doing a trick, why didn't I land that? And it just feels a little inconsistent. It's much more technical than you'd expect from a Nintendo game. Like, they're really trying to get the mechanics of snowboarding to feel <coughs> accurate. Uh, which I think they generally do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the modes here are fairly limited, so you get match race, which is kind of your basic one-player race. 
You get a uh, time attack. Yeah, but you're only racing against one other border. Exactly. Which, again, is not as exciting because you're either winning Mm. or you're losing. There's not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get into second place and, like, proceed in a run. You just are like, well, I lost now. And, again, I, I, I get the sense there are concessions made. Like, they made the game shorter. They limited the number of racers so that they could have the larger character models and avoid any slowdown. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they, you, you, you win some, you lose some there. But uh, what else was there? There's time attack, trick attack, contest, which is just like a slalom. Well, yeah, so the trick attack is a little confusing because, you know, that's obviously the goal is to accrue the most points by getting air and then doing mm-hmm. grabs and stuff. Um, but there's also gates you need to go through to extend your time. So there's sort of a lot of memorization involved there of knowing where the gate's going to come up next. Because mm-hmm. if you're doing a trick on one end of the map and then the gate is on the other side, you're going to miss it and run out of time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's slaloms. And one thing that's true, I think, of all pretty much all skiing games, the slalom sucks. Slaloms are boring. It's not a fun mode, and it's... Yeah, we're looking at you, NES game slalom. Remember that weird game for PC? Uh, was it was Ski it free. Ski Free? Ski Free, Where, yeah, like, you'd go free. through the slalom, and then the weird Yeti would come and eat you? That I guy that. is scary. That guy was scary as hell. Yeah. I only just realized it's possible to get away from him. Oh, whoa. I, I never got away from him, no, but it's possible to do. he was so do. fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, the slalom modes are always lame, and that sort of holds true on all these games. Um, and then there's a half-pipe mode, mm-hmm. um, and there's like a big sort of big ski jump where yeah. you... Yeah, you have to chain tricks and try and land as many as you can yeah. uh, and try and top your own score. Uh, you know, it, once you get to know the uh, mechanics of the tricks, I, I would recommend going through the training mode because like they walk you through it and they spell them out on screen, and then you have to hit the commands. Then you start chaining them together, and you can get pretty good at it. Um, it and there are a lot of tricks to choose from here. It's pretty much it's a be little pressed with any di- combination of the directional pad or the R button. Right. Well, it's a little hand bending because you sort of yeah you hold B to grab your board and then use the stick in different directions. Uh-huh. But you have to then hold R and sort of rotate to spin with your board as well. It's um, kind of hard to do that, yeah. like, on the center stick with your left hand. It's just kind of a little tricky. Yeah, a little SSX tricky. Exactly. Um, yeah, it, but uh, a 1080, do you, know what it, do you know what the title means, the 1080? Yeah, it's yeah, when yeah, you yeah. rotate, like, uh, well, I mean, on... It's, like, three full rotations. Yeah, three, okay. Like, I looked into that a little bit. I wasn't sure if this is still, like, the hardest trick to do or whatever. I think... I'm sure it's been far outclassed by now. Well, weirdly, like, yeah, it's done quite a bit in snowboarding. In fact, in the 2018 Olympics, Chloe Kim from America uh, did two 1080s in a row. Okay, Which is, like, the first time anyone's ever done that. Uh, But skateboarding, weirdly, has taken a long time to get to it. Uh, The first 1080 in skateboarding was in 2012. It was a 12-year-old boy Whoa. Uh, who, who pulled it off at a skate park, and then, like, it's only been done three more times. Well, yeah, I mean, skateboarding, you just don't have the comparable speed and air. No, yeah, so. you just can't get the same level of speed going yeah. downhill. So, yeah, I can definitely see why it's harder. As for how the title of this game is pronounced, I was always confused about this, okay, because... Most people, you just colloquially call it 1080, yeah. but there's a degree symbol in there, too. So some people say 1080 degrees. Oh. Some people say 1080 degrees snowboarding. And then if you if you look at the title screen... <laughs> that's, that's that's snowboarding on Venus. Right, it's yeah. It's 1080 yeah. degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's awkward. And, like, the, the full title on the main screen is 1080 degrees, 1080 snowboarding. Oof. So, like, what are, they have the numbers, then degrees, then 1080 spelled out in letters, and then snowboarding. 
So I guess just whatever you're comfortable with. I think 1080 is just what cool people yeah, call it. Don't, so. Please don't call it 1080 degrees, 1080 snowboarding. Yeah, don't, don't go doing none of that nonsense. Uh, so yeah, like I said, we have uh, uh, five fictional characters to choose from, and there are also three hidden characters that I'm Like you said, fictional characters. Like, there's been this in-depth mythos oh, yeah. created about these characters. I, I, like, Herman <laughs> Melville has written the story of Sam Fleetwood, the, um, the American <laughs> snowboarder. <laughs> Rob Haywood, excuse yeah. me. Rob Haywood. Uh, yeah, but there are uh, uh, three hidden characters that I never actually knew about when I played this game. Uh, that you have to unlock them through some kind of complicated means. So you get Iceman by... You select a Kari, and you enter a strange little, like, button combination while zooming in on a poster behind her. Oh, weird. And then to get the gold border, you need to beat the game on Expert using Iceman. Then you select Kensuke, enter a code, and then you get gold blast or gold border and then you can also get a panda by doing like beating all the time attack and all the trick attack i always wondered like in because they very rarely have sort of codes anymore that are inputted via button presses Mm -hmm. i always wondered what the incentive was for developers to put those in because how did they expect anyone to ever figure them out yeah yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, because they weren't always in the manual back then either. No, was it like a deal with Nintendo Power to be like, we'll put in some of these codes and then you'll have something to publish? I think that's a lot of what it was. Or like they would work with Game Shark or uh, a Game Genie or the different. No, but they would like not. That. No, that's a whole separate thing. Oh, because yeah, like Game like Shark and Game thing. Genie would like alter the code of the game. Oh, okay. so for some reason, I thought that was always a conjunction. Like they no. built in like some codes. So like Nintendo access, was yeah. very anti like those okay. things even existing. Because. Which, fair, yeah, because you don't really want people messing around in your game. Yeah, um, yeah there are eight courses in all, eight uh, different uh, real snowboards that you can choose from. Each will have their own strengths and weaknesses, so you kind of customize it for your course. Um, but that's really about it. It's a very simple game. Uh, uh, not it's, it's difficult to master, but it's simple in the options that it presents to you. And I think 1080 kind of gives you everything you need um, for like a pretty basic game. I don't know too much more else that I would want. I, I get, think maybe just a little bit more energy and maybe just a little bit more like visual distinction in the course design. Yeah, so the game looks very good technically, but you're not really looking at anything all that interesting. Yeah. And yeah, the course design, um, you know, Snowboard Kids has like levels where you go down through an amusement park and then like levels where you're in the jungle. They've just sort of given up on the snowboard theme. Sure. And 1080 doesn't do really anything like that. You're just always sort of on the peak in the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, so the courses kind of blend together and there's nothing sort of there's no like over the top dangerous crevasses like there would be in an SSX game or like railroad tracks to grind on, things like that. Yeah. Um, so it does get a little bland that way. I think what I would want from this game is a little more sense of like freedom to sort of choose the have more levels open at the beginning because it is very demoralizing to basically all you can do is play the race and yeah. then if you win you advance and if you don't you replay what you did and so to just have to sort of throw yourself against it constantly and it's um, hard like yeah. like we said it takes it takes a while to learn and uh yeah it takes a while to get good at this and yeah the uh, the computer character is pretty fast yeah and so like i just wanted something else where i could go do that and then come back to this for sure for sure and more unlockables you know so it, it's like, I, I could do with a little bit more personality. Like, I like that this exists in Nintendo's canon, that it is a pretty straightforward sports game. It's trying for the simulation thing, and it's not trying to brand itself or be super wacky. But a little bit more personality, I think, would have gone a long way yeah. with 1080. But it's still, like, a technically very, very competent game. It still mm-hmm. plays well today. It does. Um, 
weirdly, Nintendo has kind of sat on this series. Uh, they've never really capitalized on the success of this first game. They had one sequel in 2003. It was called 1080 Avalanche on the GameCube, but I don't know anyone that's played it. From some reviews I've read, it said it had some like frame rate issues and kind of felt a little antiquated. And there was kind of a weird time in the early GameCube where they couldn't quite figure out what it was, and they were just like, oh, let's put out a new Wave Rates game yeah. and a new 1080 game. See if and, these work. Yeah, yeah, they worked last time, yeah. Uh, but the original uh, has become a decent success on the virtual console. So, I mean, you know, there's always hope they could revive interest in it. But honestly, interest in snowboarding as a sport has waned dramatically. I think I, I was reading the stat that it's like sales have dropped something like 10% since yeah. 2007 or something like that. And the newest SSX game came out at least probably 10 years ago. and Something like yeah, that. Yeah, because it was PS3, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, and if that was that. the most successful... For that, and I don't. Again, I don't think that most people would even recognize the 1080 series as like a first-party Nintendo game. No, so no, not really. Yeah, yeah not immediately. Um, I mean, the quality's there. You can feel it when you play it, but like, uh, it, it doesn't pop out in the same yeah. way. Uh, let's move on to our next game, uh, Twisted Edge Extreme Snowboarding. This one was released November tenth, nineteen ninety-eight. Developed by Boss Game Studios and published by Midway, and this was also an N64 exclusive. All right, so I I teased you a little bit before we got here (laughs) that there's some interesting stuff about this uh, developer. Boss Game Studio is actually the game development wing of Boss Film Studios, and Boss Films was an influential and Academy Award-nominated visual effects company that had some of the earliest success with CG. Okay. So that company was founded by Richard Edlund. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he was one of the chief early special effects technicians for Industrial Light and Magic. Okay. So he was like the uh, cinematographer uh, for like special effects on Star Wars, on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, on all of these classic movies. Nice. Um, by the time they broke off in 1982-ish, 3-ish, uh, they did effects for movies like Ghostbusters, Alien 3, Ghost, Species, Waterworld, Die Hard. Uh, but the visual effects wing of the company went under in 1997. Uh, their last films were the forgotten Michael Keaton serial killer movie Desperate Measures and Definitely Starship forgotten. Troopers. Which okay, I, which I, is not as forgotten. Not as forgotten. Uh, so the company shifted over to game development from there. Uh, their first game was the weird PS1 action platformer Spider. Do you remember this one? No. It's I, like the cover is all black with just a spider holding right. a gun. Whoa. The spider's <laughs> holding a gun? It's a cybernetic spider that like controls like a spider. Like you can walk up walls and control okay. things, but you have knives and like guns and stuff like that. Uh, Whoa. Kind of wacky. That's pretty creepy, man. Like it's I don't know creepy. if I could deal with a spider with a gun. I, I like, remember, like I'm afraid of spiders, and I remember being unnerved by seeing the cover art of that until I realized he was holding a gun, and that it's oh, a it made silly. it made him less scary. To yeah, you. Weirdly, that made it less okay. scary to me because I'm like, all right, he's holding a gun, so this is goofy. What if he was holding littler spiders? Ooh, that'd be a problem. For <laughs> yeah, me. that'd be like just the the whole game is you just throwing spiders yeah. from the back of your spider pouch. Ooh. Yeah, but uh, uh, mostly after that, they switched over to racing games, uh, uh, but they they worked almost exclusively on those. And many of those titles appeared on N64. This is the first one of many we're getting to. uh, So we'll be playing uh, Top Gear Rally, uh, Stunt Racer 64, and uh, World Driver Championship. Those all sound like absolute fun times. Stunt Racer, I will stand for. I'll I'll tell you right now, Stunt Racer is pretty fun. Okay. Uh, But uh, that company went under completely in 2002. But I just think it's interesting seeing the quality of this game and things 
thinking this is the company that uh, pioneered visual effects for Ghostbusters. Yeah, and, like all these amazing Clearly movies. Those, like those skills did not translate. Not super well. No, no. Yeah, because so. the, the, sort of the first thing that you notice about this game is it. Lo- well, again, we played this right after playing 1080, so right. it's not as super fair. But this game did come out after 1080. 1080 yeah. sold a lot better, so obviously that's going to be the comparison that you're going to make if you're sure. interested in a snowboarding game. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, all three of these games are trying to do pretty much the same thing. Like, so yeah. I think it's pretty fair to compare all three of these like apples to apples. And this you know? game, ooh man, it looks bad. Oh, it looks, it looks, so it looks bad. bad compared to 1080, but it looks bad compared to pretty much anything. Most, it looks bad to most things except like Paperboy. Like, yeah, it, it looks great looks compared to Paperboy. Paper yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, the characters are just like they're all very thin and very boxy like mm-hmm. i made the comment while we were playing that this looks like the before version and then 1080 is the after like if you were taking this to a tech demo or something like look at what cool things we can do yeah we can turn this piece of shit into this. <laughs> yeah exactly like, put on the final final render layers is about two layers down on that it's missing all of that uh you don't have a crouch button so automatically my first instinct was to like press the crouch button so you can go faster yeah. and he just jumps in the air with his hands above his head like yay yeah. and it slows you right down right away um, tricks are difficult to pull off. Uh, it's again holding B in different directions. It just, but... This game just feels very floaty. Like if I felt like the whole game was sort of playing in slow motion yeah. comparatively. Um, there's a lot of times where you and this happens pretty commonly in snowboarding games where you just sort of get a little turned around and your character will sort of try to snowboard upwards before they realize, oh, you know, I should turn around and go the other way. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's. I mean, it's just real ugly right from the get-go. And you get, like, you're greeted with total silence, first of all. You have to choose the track of music you're going to listen to. The tracks very annoyingly have no names, aside from track one, two, three, mm-hmm. four, five, six. And they're just these very bland riffs. One of them is, like, kind of a surf Primus knockoff riff. And One's, I, like, a I classic checked. rock riff. Like, don't get excited. No. Song number two is not from Blur. <laughs> like, it's not that song. But, like, it's, it's, uh, it's all... <laughs> Yeah, it's just so tedious sounding, and it sounds like somebody just fucking around on a synthesizer and not really... Yeah, they, like, put in the different effects. They're like, okay, A4 is the electric guitar, and so now I'll play this on the keyboard. Okay, that one's done. And now B7, that's, like, the Moog synthesizer, so I'll put that in. Right, yeah. It's it's very... I don't know. And it sounds like it's underwater a little bit. It sounds Mm -hmm. so quiet and, like, half-assed. Oh, we totally forgot... um, 1080 also has a two-player mode. Oh yeah, uh, we which didn't you can about that. you can only race. Sorry, very, very brief yeah, backtrack. Briefly back, to back to 1080. You can only race in the two-player mode. There's no like trick competition or anything, but it runs super smooth. Yeah, um, and, and works really well. Yeah, that's so, kind of all there was. Yeah. I think we we didn't really touch on it because it's like very competent, plays yeah. well, looks good. Okay, moving on. Yeah, yeah if if you uh, if you're into the gameplay of single-player 1080, you will like multiplayer 1080. Yep, really fun. Uh, um, Twisted Edge, just since we're on that yeah, um, as well, game. also has a multiplayer mode. Um, all these games had a two-player mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were all only two-player. All only two-player, yeah, that's um, right. Twisted Edge breaks the screen vertically. Yeah. Like, so um, you're looking... So your screen is sort of thinner, mm-hmm. which is not the right break you want in a racing game. Definitely not. No, especially for <laughs> something when, like, most of your screen is white. Yeah, because you, you need be to be able to, to see the curves. Yeah, you have to differentiate corners and um, obstacles and things like that, and uh, that is just not happening here. Um, man, like, very limited courses, like, only, like, f- is this the one with only, like, the four characters. You had, like, the German, the French yeah. girl, the... American guy. Very weird. Yeah, and you choose a board, and the board stats are like EG 
FX, yeah. ST, and, you know, DM. And I'm like, I don't know what any... And then they have, like, dots next to them to dictate how much ST they have. Oh, yeah, and you want like, a lot of ST. Yeah, we have no idea what of any of these stats mean. Well, it's, uh, it's steerage. Oh, yes, Yeah, steerage. that's how much storage you have underneath. It's where all the, like, uh, Irish immigrants are dancing. Okay. Yeah. That's, how they, that's how they would bring people across the border in the mountains. Yeah. They would store them under the boards. The old-fashioned steam-powered snowboards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, yeah, uh, real ugly, real, uh, real kind of boring and, uh, uh, lifeless and just not a whole lot to say about this. Like this, this just feels very non-essential. The one thing I did like about this game over 1080 is it's a little more ex- silly with some of the course designs or at least a little, um, more exotic. Like you go yeah. into an ice cave, which is cool in theory except you realize the controls even worse in the ice cave you get uh, real slow in there yeah exactly there's lots sort of, of chatter lots of chatter yeah exactly there's mm-hmm. rivers of ice that you can kind of follow through and things like that but um there's a uh wooden bridge like a rickety bridge that you go over which makes no sense you no. could not snowboard over a wooden plank bridge you would just your board would fall between the planks and you would go flying i mean i feel but, like it would have to you'd have to hit it at right at the right angle and but i mean as you're hitting a rope anyone who's ever walked on a rope bridge can attest you know you step on one panel and it shifts the other one up a little yeah. bit you know well, in these games it's super weird because it's not like the rope bridge is covered in snow like they want to show off that they did the individual paneling yeah. so there's like you're going through a snowy cave and then you come out on a rope bridge and there's no snow mm-hmm. and then you go back to the other peak and there's snow again and you get I noticed a nice like little rattly sound when you're going across a bridge and I only noticed it because it wasn't there in the two player mode yeah they cut all the sound effects in the two player mode to make it work yeah the two player mode runs Runs as smoothly as the single player mode, except that there's a cut of the sound effect. Which isn't to say it runs great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's very foggy, lots of draw distance. It, it's just an unpleasant game to look at. Yeah. Uh, it's. I I can't even say it's like un like unplayably bad. No. Like it's not really. Like you can. If you're looking to move a character down a hill really fast, you can do that. But all of the courses are very short. There's only like four of them. Not a whole lot of replay value here. Yeah, I just... I, there's no reason for this to exist in a 1080 world. Uh, no, and, and I don't even think... I, I think even if this was the only snowboarding game for the system, it would not be worth playing. Well, it's, that's the thing. Like, they were talking in some of the articles I read, like, that this this game was announced before 1080 and was supposed to come out before 1080. It wound up getting pushed several months. 1080 came out and was a big, big hit, and then nobody cared about Twisted Edge anymore. But I feel like even if this beat this to the market, 1080 would still be the bigger hit. Oh, yeah. Because this no is bad. Like, it's just not a fun game to play. It's weird to think that this game was delayed, because there's no, there's just, there's no real sense of pause. To it. Gentlemen, we've got so, to make this look worse. Yeah, exactly. Get our best toddlers in here. We need to design some new characters. That one does not look enough like a baby Ruth. Uh, yeah, so really bad. Um, not not great. Twisted extre- uh, twisted edge extreme. Also, you don't pass. want to go down on a twisted edge on your snow. No. You want that edge to be smooth. I want uh, a nice smooth round edge so that I'm not hurting myself. Yeah, exactly. Because safety is the most fun that you can have. Mm-hmm. That's If you take anything away from Ultra 64 podcast, know that. That safe, safety is the heart of all good N64 games. That's why we wear helmets to every recording we do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Knock, knock. That's a helmet sound. Uh, let's move on to our last game today. Big Mountain 2000, uh, released October 10th, 2000, developed by Natsumi and published by South Peak Games. This was an N64 exclusive once again. 
So this game was originally called Snowspeeder in Japan, and it was released in 1998. So there's no real word on why the developers would choose to release it two years later with a worse name. <laughs> but there you go. Um, also implies that like it's part of a series, right? Like Big Mountain 1999. Right. But it's not. It is it's not. Just, okay. No, there's not. Maybe that's episode. It's a Big Mountain <laughs> challenge. I sure. don't know. Uh, Big Mountain, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's unique because it lets you choose between skiing and snowboarding. Right. Uh, which not a lot of games do. Surprisingly, there are very few ski games. I was looking those up. It's like Ski Free, of course. Yes. There's that Johnny Mosley uh, freestyle skiing game came out for PlayStation 2. Uh, slalom on NES. I'm sure there's a couple that I'm missing, but there really weren't many. And I just, there's no... I don't know. I mean, this seems like the way to do it is to sort of... Uh, one of the SSX games gave you the ability to pick skis. Mm. But it doesn't really change any of the core aspects of the game. It's kind of like Mario Kart having a motorcycle versus a car. Yeah, yeah. I- exactly. Um, and I mean, I think a lot of sort of the advent of the extreme, like, this is what makes snowboarding popular, is like, not didn't carry over to skiing. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. It's like what aspect this game does let you choose skis, but it's not a very different experience. No, not very. Um, the cover art on this makes this look like a much wackier game than it is. Yeah, it's kind of cartoony. It's very like kind of Jet Grind Radio mm-hmm. style anime characters, um, and the game itself is pretty tame. Like they, they, they have, have like, like portraits. Of, the portraits have like they have like of anime color. sort of designed portraits. Um, and it's funny, we had an old, uh, there was an old save file on this game. Yeah. And so the, down at the bottom, the characters had a coolness meter. Right. Um, and when you start a fresh save, they all have no coolness that you sort of have to build up. It's basically how far along in the game you are. Yeah. But so we didn't know that when we were, uh, with the already, the save that was already there. So some characters were like full coolness and other characters had like two coolness. And I'm like, why does the game like these characters so much more? What yeah. makes these characters so cool? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, it, you know, but none of them really jump out. I mean, they still have names like Jimmy Smith. Like Jimmy's, <laughs> bro, we were really confused because we were looking at it. It's like Jimmy Smith is the coolest person in this game by a wide margin. Everyone else has one. And the, like, so. there's a really fun when you go to the two player mode of this game and select the character. One of the animations of um, one one of the women kind of has like this like shoulder yes. <laughs> shoulder stutter, and it's very hypnotic. It, yeah. It's really nice. I mean, she's, just, I, we both wanted to play as her really bad. It is not like an idle animation. She is like actively dancing and like shimmying, and everyone else is pretty stiff. So yeah. I'm like, all right, Janet, you're you're cool. You're yeah, cool. we'll play. She definitely got the highest of my coolness meter. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, the six characters you get to choose from, incidentally, are Ipe, Claire, Hans, Janet, Jimmy, and Sherry. Uh, we have three modes to choose from, Championship, Time Attack, and Versus, so pretty basic, even more basic than 1080. Yeah. Uh, I would say the graphics here split the difference between the two games, like uh, markedly better looking than uh, Twisted Edge. You can tell that your characters have faces and heads, uh, and uh, the environments look pretty good. A little bit of a frame rate chug, but not the characters. The characters are a lot bigger than Twisted Edge as well. And in some yeah. ways, the, the camera starts like too zoomed in. You're like right behind your character, and they obscure a lot of your view. Um, you can zoom out a little bit, but then the camera gets kind of low. There was a point where I was like sort of seemed like I was inside the mountain looking up at my character. Yeah. This one's pretty glitchy uh, off the bat, we noticed. Like, you got stuck in a rock uh, at the top of a course pretty quickly, and it took a while to get out of it. Yeah. 
Uh, I was having trouble figuring out the controls because A is just kind of like a pizza slice breaking with your ski or yeah. s- with your skis. Uh, you figured out when you were going down that you should just kind of well, tap the A button to carve a little. Well, bit. that's what's confusing is we tried to go down and sort of control like we did the previous ones, and you just can't turn sharp enough, so you're just slamming into the edges. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I eventually figured out that if you hold A while you turn, you'll carve much faster, and which is was... not intuitive because no. A makes you break usually. But it but, worked very yeah. well. Like I would say it was it was surprisingly precise. Like I was I was cutting between like trees and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, so it was pretty precise. Um, I, I can't. Comp- complain about that now that i figured it out eventually no this game definitely um was a bit of a grower um yeah it has a lot more uh it has a lot more modes right off the bat and a lot more customization like even though there's sort of those three main selections within like championship mode you can choose any of the courses Mm -hmm. or it I think there's five courses, or four or five courses, and, like, the fourth one unlocks when you beat the first three. But you can choose any of those first three. You can play them, um, the regular race, the slalom, or the giant slalom. This game... This game had the least emphasis on tricks yeah. of, of any of them. Yeah, yeah. You can do them, but uh, they're not really going to add much of anything. I think that's how you kind of build experience points, which will help build up your coolness oh, and help okay. unlock other stuff. But... It doesn't feel like there's a lot of emphasis on it at all. And this all. game had a lot of unlockables. Like, again, we, with the one that was based on the um, old save data that was on there, there, you can, like, dress your character differently, give them a lot of different skis, different snowboards. There's a lot more customization and unlockables here, which I felt like was what was missing from 1080. Yeah, yeah. And that's nice. It's nice that they added that. Um I think I really started like taking a shine to this when we got to the multiplayer and we turned our difficulty all the way up to snow speeder. Well, like, not not our difficulty, like our stats. Well, yeah, it's, like, that's and yeah, kind of that's like the the rank. They have five different levels that you could set your stats to. It's like, like your cart class in Mario Kart, sort of. Yeah. yeah, and then if you set it to snow speeder level, it's kind of maxing out all of your stats, and you start going down this course ridiculously fast. Like when you slide, if you wipe out, you're gonna finish half the course like yeah. on your butt. Like you're going so fast, and I was playing that, and I'm like. This is so goofy and, like, what a weird way to play this, but this is, like, kind of the only way I want to play yeah, this. Yeah, it's just a lot game. more exciting. Yeah, it's- I mean, the the environments were not keeping up, to be clear. Like, there was lots of clipping. There were lots of, like, uh, draw distance issues coming up. This is not a technically very sound game. Yeah. But, uh, God help me, I was kind of, I was kind of enjoying myself <laughs> with this stupid-ass little game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, um, I, it, you know... It definitely uh, has has there was effort put into it. Yeah, compared yeah. to sort of Twisted Edge, which felt like just nothing was going on. Um, there was effort put into it. I feel like they sort of. Um, I want a combination of. I want the gameplay of 1080 combined with the features of Big Mountain. Yeah. Um, because yeah, 1080 just felt skimp on features, and Big Mountain felt skimp on <laughs> polish. Just head to the Big 1080 Mountain. Yeah, exactly. It's over near the Big Rock Candy Mountain. Yeah, very near. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, really, there wasn't too much else to say about Big Mountain. I couldn't find much data on it because it was a big old flop. Uh, according to my data from my research, this would be, make it the fifth lowest grossing game on the system. Wow, okay. Uh, not counting the blockbuster exclusives, which I couldn't find any sure. data for. Uh, but pretty pretty low seller, pretty underwhelming. And uh, I've never seen a copy that's not in kind of a shabby condition. <laughs> Mine's kind of shabby. It looks like it's been left in a blockbuster window for too long or something like Should that. Should probably so have. damage, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just not a whole lot else to say about it. Like, I wish they'd... 
if they'd smoothed out some of these rough edges and kind of pumped the goofiness up a little bit, like I could give a stronger recommendation to this. Right now, it's kind of just a little south of like okay to me, but right, uh, yeah. but it was growing on me as as we played it. It's, it's a little. It's the most cartoony of the three, right. That we played, but while still being fairly serious, yeah. Which I feel like is just kind of a mistake with snowboarding. Snowboarding's not very serious. No, and again, that's what SSX realized. Like I think the first SSX game was sort of a little serious, and then by the later ones, you're just taking your board off of your feet and doing oh, yeah. backflips and things like that. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, it's totally unrealistic and yeah. wild and goofy. And, and, more, and more and better for it. That's the way I like it. Yeah. Do we have anything else to say about these three snowboarding games? Well, uh, I mean, we'll get to it when we get to our rankings, I Let's think. Let's do it. Let's yeah. move on to our rankings. Each week we are adding different games to our ongoing list of games. I think we're up to 181 now. Goodness so we are me. moving the fuck along. Yes. Uh, why don't you start us off? Where are you putting Sure, this? you bet. Um, so 1080 snowboarding was the best of these games. Oh, easily. Um, but I still, you know, the, the fact that the difficulty was so high right from the start didn't make me excited to play it. Um, the difficulty in landing tricks was also frustrating. Mm. Like, again, I totally get how if you're willing to put the time into this game, um, it sort of yields rewards and satisfaction. But there's been m- many other better snowboarding games released. For sure. Um, that... I would rather put the time into. So I'm putting it at number 85, okay. which is right above Cruise and World, um, which it's certainly a better game than Cruise and World, but Cruise and World is much goofier. Um, Big Mountain 2000 was the next best game, which I'm putting at number 86. Wow. Which I, wow. I know is a little silly, but again, I once I got the hang of sort of steering, I liked the basic unlockables. The game seemed easier than 1080, uh-huh. um, and so I would be more tempted to sort of go back to it. Uh, Twisted Edge is, is a crap game. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm putting it at number 130, which is right above Paperboy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think my ratings are going to be very different here. I do have yeah. a little bit. I'll admit I have a little bit of nostalgia glasses for 1080. Just I because. think you're closer because you're probably better at the game. Oh, but. yeah. Yeah. It's it's one that I've put a lot of time into and I have a lot of affection for. And I think it is just like a really solid all-around good game. Like yeah. uh, like I said, I, I lament a little bit of the lack of personality, but I do appreciate what this represents for Nintendo. It's kind of an interesting little fluke. So I'm putting this pretty high. I'm putting this at 31. Okay. So that's under Battle Tanks. Uh, the next one, uh, yeah, I, I'm agreeing with uh, Big Mountain, but I'm putting that quite a bit lower than okay. that. Uh, Big Mountain's coming in at 112, which is right under Space Invaders. Okay. Uh, which I think is about right. I mean, sure. that's just kind of medium for me. And then uh, Twisted Edge, yeah, definitely the worst. I'm putting that at number 138, so that's going underneath NBA in the Zone 2000, uh, which still has that wacky slam dunk contest mode that's always going to beat anything uh, that they fondness sucks about for that us, game. yes. So that's it. We have successfully stomped all of these uh, games. Uh, yeah. we've, we've shredded the pow and uh, uh, wikied the what what. It's time to put an end to this chatter. It's time to put an end and to this g- chatter. And go uh, visit the little grommets. Yes, let's go do that. Uh, but first of all, we need to promote what's coming out next week. Ooh, and that is Woody's going to be very happy about it. We're playing a little game called Blast Core. Ooh, which, I am uh, going to be I happy had about a that. You would be. This yeah. is exciting. This is a rare game. Uh, uh, kind of a puzzle explosion game. Well, you know what? You'll, we'll get it's into a, it's that. It's a destruction simulator. I'm excited yeah. to play it a little bit. I think I've, I think I've you'll enjoy it a little it. bit. I'm excited to get into it. Uh, so tune in next week for Blast Core. Uh, don't forget to check out our other podcast, Just Friends. That's on uh, iTunes and uh, Spotify and anywhere you find your podcasts. We are reading through all of David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest, fifty or so pages at a time. We're approaching the halfway point. We're slowly okay. getting there. Yes, we're we're, we're getting there. Uh, we're we're 
we're making it through it. it. It feels so much easier to work through the N64 catalog than Absolutely. Infinite Jest. But, um, and don't forget also, we have a Patreon ooh, account out now at oh, so uh, patreon.com slash ultra64. Uh, this is where you can unlock special uh, bonus series and uh, you get to vote on different games we're playing. And there's all kinds of fun stuff to do over there. So uh, if you have a little time and a little extra money and inclination, go over to Ultra 64 on Patreon and uh, toss us a few bucks. Why not? Yeah. No, yeah. We, we've yeah. been doing this a long time for yeah. zero slash negative bucks. Exactly. So yeah. let's get it less negative. Absolutely. That's my pitch. Positive environment in <laughs> yeah. here. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Turn in tune in next week for Blast Core. Good night. Push it in. Work your body. We're working.